It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome to the show, everyone. we got a great one for you today here on this Tuesday, October 13th, as we look to recap UFC Fight Night Marais versus Sandhagen, which took place on Saturday, October 10th at the UFC Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. And what a, what a fun card this was. Um, you know, like I said on the preview show, uh, not a lot of ranked fighters on this card, but a lot of uh, undefeated fighters and a lot of, um, you know, maybe young unknown gems. Um, and, uh, you know, that's kind of how it turned out. Hopefully, um, you know, you always look at a card like this, um, and you're going to have cards like this where you don't have a ton of ranked fighters on a card, certainly on a fight night. And um, I think this was best-case scenario, you know, especially on the main card. There was some young up-and-comers that um, hopefully some fans will commit to memory, and, you know, that's really all you can ask for is that, you know, the fans know your fighters, especially when they're coming up, and, you know, that uh, they'll become appointment viewing, um, you know, hopefully in the future. Um, as always, have some housekeeping to, to deal with here. Um, wasn't the greatest night of picking fights. Um, you know, we've kind of been in a, a, a malaise with uh, picking some of these fights. We went 7-6. and six. Um, You know, it's, it has not been a good month of October and, and you know, really September, uh, late September uh, for picking. You know, we've kind of been just above 500 these last few weeks um, after just fucking nailing Covington and Woodley. Went 9-5 and five, um, in that one. So, um, you know. Looking to bounce back when it comes to our, our correct picks, although uh, we're still sitting at uh, just under 62% on the year, um, which I think is low. We got to a really rough start um, in, in May uh, and April. Actually, no, there were no fights in April, so in May. Um, but, uh, you know, I, th- I think 2021 will be a lot better when it comes to our, our pick percentage. Uh, when it comes to the main, tar- main card showdown, uh, we had... Uh, Mr. Peterson winning that one, 58-57, just barely squeaking by. I mean, you know, just an awful performance by the fireman, you know, just pitiful, you know, just barely squeaking by. So, you know, it's it's whatever. It's whatever. I'm going to win it back next week. Um, and also, obviously, the reason you have to be following us on Twitter is, you know, we broke major news a couple of hours ago um, on, on our, our Twitter account. The 2020, October 2020, excuse me, the it's... Uh, it's a mouthful to say, but the October 2020 North Star Sports Main Card Showdown World Grand Prix is on. It is official. Um, you know, so this is a very, very big deal. It, you know, we're doing Grand Prix now every single month at the end of every month, the final two fights at the end of the month. And um, so it'll, it'll be the 24th and the 31st. Um, I know the 31st is that... Uh, fight night that is um oh what is it it's uh, Uriah Hall and uh, Anderson Silva and I want to say the 24th I want to say that might be uh Khabib and Gaethje um oh and it is yep so uh so we'll have the pay-per-view for the semifinals and then for the finals it'll be uh Uriah Hall and um Anderson Silva um we look at the bracket here um you know coming on the left side of the bracket it's going to be the mailman and the fireman going at it and then on the right side of the bracket, it is uh, the hound dog, Reagan Hooverman, versus an actual dog, 
uh, in captain. So captain's going to be making uh, picks. So hopefully Reagan can beat a fucking nine-pound chihuahua when it comes to picking MMA picks. I'd like to think he can, but, you know, uh, we'll see. Some people say that, that the left side is stacked. You know, that the only two North Star Sports champions are on the left side of the bracket. So, you know, that's, that's a couple of number one seeds over there. You know, and some people are criticizing the right side of the bracket, saying it's pretty weak. But, you know, listen, we'll see. You know, one of those two are going to make it to the finals and anything can happen. But, uh, yeah, that, you know, that you'd be lying if, if, you, if you said, uh, you know, you, you, I mean, you, if you're Reagan, you have to beat a dog. You know what I mean? And uh, Captain will be making the picks. Uh, I'm going to, you know, get some dog treats and, and I'm going to put them in, in my left hand and my right hand or maybe I'll put them in two separate dishes or something and you know those those are going to be uh the fighters so he's, he's actually going to pick the fighters I don't know how I'll do the methods yet probably something with treats as well um you know but but we'll figure it out a captain will actually captain will actually be making these picks so they might be really fucking bad <laughs> but you know that'd be something if captain won I mean I, we might have to revoke Reagan Hooverman's hall of fame status if he loses to a, a dog um so yeah, that's that's the really big news um, here at North Star Sports. Um, you know, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for that one. That's uh, it's gonna be exciting. And you know, we have backup fighters as well that we're not gonna mention. Um, you know, but you know, listen, if somebody tests positive or if somebody you know can't can't make it, you know, we do have we do have some backup uh, contestants. So um, you know, it, it's it's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm really excited, and it's you know it's gonna be a tradition we we keep on here. Um. Yeah, so with that, I think we got all the housekeeping out of the way. Um, we can get right into this recap of uh, Marais versus Sandhagen, and there's no better place to start than the main event where Corey, the Sandman Sandhagen, uh, knocks out Marlon Marais with a wheel kick um, early on in the second round. Um, and this is also a good time to plug our rankings. You can find North Star Sports rankings for the UFC um, at northstarsports.media backslash rankings. And there was only two rankings changes, and it was these two fighters here in the main event, so they flip-flop positions. So Corey Sandhagen goes from number four to number two, Marais from number two to number four, um, and that's pretty much it, and I think that's that's fair. Um, a, a really, really well-rounded performance uh, from, from Corey Sandhagen. I mean, you know, like he said in the post-fight presser, that was an embarrassing loss that he suffered to Aljamain Sterling. Not because Aljamain's not a good fighter. He's, he's a very good fighter. But, you know, when you get choked out that fast, I think it was like 88 seconds, um, you know, that's that's embarrassing. Um, for him for him at least, you know, whatever. You, it happens. People people are going to lose. Unless you're Khabib or, or uh, John Jones, you know, you're going to have a, a loss on your record. Um, so, you know, this was a very nice rebound performance, and you know, over a guy who, uh, you know, was a longtime World Series of Fighting uh, champion back when that meant something. And not not that it was you know like the UFC and Pride or anything, but you know the PFL ain't shit now, and obviously the PFL, um, you know, used to be the World Series of Fighting. You know, the World Series of Fighting. I mean, you know, they had some pretty decent fighters. You know, back in the day, obviously nowhere near the level of the UFC, but um, you know. Marlon Marais is still a, a very, very solid fighter. And then obviously, that uh, you know, just kind of run amok here in the bantamweight division. You know, had that early set bad back versus um, Asun Sao. Uh, you know, then he, he beats Asun Sao, knocks out um, Aljamain Sterling, you know, gets a title shot. 
Um, yeah, I mean, he, he lost to Jose Aldo. I think we all know that. But, um, you know, he, he's nobody's punk. And to finish him, you know, that's impressive. I was surprised when Marais wasn't the betting favorite. Um, you know, but they're really onto something with Corey Sandhagen. And, you know, now I'm really a believer because, bef- you know, coming into this fight, you looked at Sandhagen's record and you go, well, I don't know, man. There's just not a lot of top-level wins on there. Obviously, he's early in his career, but you go, well, I, I need to see more from him. I need to see another high-level win, and that's exactly what he did. So, um, you know, he's next in line to be next in line for a title shot, unless the UFC wants to be cunts to um, Aljamain Sterling, which are, is entirely possible, but I don't think anybody could deny that Aljo's next for a title shot. But, you know, Corey's right, right behind him, right behind him, uh, for sure behind him because of the loss, but... Um, you know, right behind him. Um, and for for Marais, I mean, you know, you're, you're still in the top five. You're not you're not too far out of things. I mean, uh, he he's gonna be right there. And you know, I, I don't know. He has to cut so much weight to get down to 135. I, I'd like to see him just take one fight up at 145, just to see what happens. You know, if you lose at 145, it doesn't affect your rankings at at bantamweight. But you just kind of go up there and see what would happen if if you uh, you know were fully hydrated. Or you know as hydrated as you could be while still being you know competitive with your with your weight cutting. Um, I, that would be interesting. I mean he's five foot six, I want to say, so um, he would be on the shorter end at featherweight. But man, I I feel like his power certainly would translate. It it is something special at at bantamweight. Um, so you know a, a very very solid uh, main event, one of the better knockouts we've seen this year. Uh, I think they said it was like the ninth spinning heel kick. I think they said heel kick. Um, I don't know. Maybe a BJJ person can explain to me exactly what that was. Um, But some spinning shit, as uh, Nick or Nate Diaz would say. I I can't remember who because they're not really known as uh, linguists. Um, But, yeah, it was a very, very solid main event. Um, You know, now moving on here to the co-main event, it was a unanimous decision victory for Edson Barbosa over Makwan Amir Khani. Um, dominant. Dominant. I don't know how a judge scored that 29-28. Uh, I think 30-26 is, is more than fair. Uh, I wouldn't argue with 30-27 either, but I do think, uh, you know, he had a dominant round there later in the fight. Um, solid win for Barboza. You know what I mean? We, we always knew he could do it. And, you know, he lost five of his six fights previously, I want to say. And, um, you know, listen... Losses are losses, but those were all against, you know, very high-level opponents. So it's easy to get negative on Barboza. It was an interesting choice to move down to 145. I think he, you know, he can barely do that by the skin of his teeth, but he can do it. Um, and, uh, you know, that was a great performance. He's always going to be a dangerous striker. I'll be in- very interested to see who they match him up against next. There's a lot of young guys there at 145. You know, he was calling out for a top-six opponent. I don't think he's going to get a top six opponent. We have him at 12. We did not move him up for beating Makwan because 145 is stacked. And we honestly probably ranked him a little higher than we should have at 12 anyway. So he stays at 12 because I don't feel... I forget who's at 11, but I don't think he did enough to get past 11. Um, but I, I don't think they give him a top six opponent, but it would be interesting to see him... I don't know, maybe against like a Shane Burgos. That'd be a really interesting striking matchup. I think Burgos might be at like 10 or 11. Um, you know, so that would make sense. I mean, I'm not going to put you too high for beating Makwan. Makwan is a fine fighter, but Makwan is not ranked. Um, so it's not going to move you too far. Um, but, you know, tremendous performance. And for Makwan, you know, 
it's you know it sucks you look at his career in the UFC he'll win two or three fights but you know on that third or fourth fight uh, you know he's gonna lose it so he can get on these mini streaks but you know uh, when, when he reaches a little bit higher um, you know he tends to tends to to lose but you know he's only 31 and I you know I do think there's still time for him to figure it out and you know he's, he's certainly proven that he belongs in the UFC he's certainly proved that he's you know he belongs just outside of the rankings in the UFC it's just can you make you know the requisite requisite steps to go up you know a notch or two or three or you know four to win a championship um, you know that that remains to be seen uh, moving on here in the featured bout we had Marcin Tabura win a unanimous decision over Ben Rothwell um, don't have a whole lot to say on this one um, just just kind of a blase performance by uh, Ben Rothwell I don't think Tabura did anything um, you know particularly special or good um, I just kind of think it was an off night for Rothwell I thought it was closer than how they scored it um, I suppose uh, you know Tabura did win but um, you know just a sloppy heavyweight fight and this is why like it, it bugs me that like every other not every other but like one out of every one out of every three or four um cards are headlined by heavyweights dude heavyweights fucking suck i don't care what anybody says and that might be a freezing cold take heavyweight fights in the ufc fucking suck unless it's like four or five fighters you know what i mean if you put if you put the number 10 and number 11 featherweight together, it's going to be a much funner fight, uh, much more technically solid, much much better cardio, obviously, much better striking, just an overall better fight than the number 10 and 11 heavyweight. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the perfect example is Dan Ige and uh, Calvin Cater. They were ranked pretty low, but somehow they got on a main event uh, on the first run of Fight Island. Fucking awesome fight. Awesome fight. If you put, like, number 10 and number 11 in the heavyweight division, it would be, like, Shamil Abdurakimov and fucking Alexio Linick or something. Like, just, if you put Nganu, that's going to be interesting. If you put Miocic, that's going to be interesting. Derek Lewis, Curtis Blades. I'll give Curtis Blades because he's got a lot of talent and, and a lot of technique, but his fights aren't very interesting. But, like... Man, there's like five fighters you could put that would be interesting. Heavyweight fighting is so goddamn boring and slow and unathletic. And so that's why when you see someone rising up the ranks like a Cyril Gaon, who's very, very athletic, you get you get super exciting because that guy's very technical. He's athletic. He's not a he's not a fat boy. You know what I mean? There's so many of these guys like Marcin Tabura has a fupa. OK, like you're a professional athlete. You are signed by the UFC and you have a fupa like I can't take you seriously Uh, you know Ben Rothwell he's chubby I guess but you know what I mean whatever Ben Rothwell I can I can take and Ben Rothwell's been there and done that before but like man when I when I see these Carlos Felipe's when I when I see these Parker Porters what the fuck are we doing here guys just awful awful the only thing a a fat guy in the ufc is good for is getting knocked out because you you get to see all of his fat jiggle around that's pretty much it but when it comes to technique like as as drew peterson says one of the greatest quotes of all time if the fighter has has (laughs) i'll use a nicer word but if if the fighter has a a bigger cup than the ring girls i'm not interested this this fight's not gonna go good okay if you, have, if you if you wear a bigger cup than the ring girls, we got a problem here. All right? Let me tell you that, buddy. 
Um, so, yeah, I, I do not care about <laughs> this heavyweight fight at all. Um, moving on here on the main card, we had an, uh, a, a very interesting uh, debut here from Dricus Duplessis. Um, he knocks out Marcus Perez uh, in the first round. Um, interesting. I didn't know a whole lot about this guy. I changed my pick. I was going to pick Marcus Perez, but I, I went to uh, Duplessis. Uh, this guy is really interesting. Really interesting. Uh, th- that's an interesting middleweight, and I, I think somebody like um, y- some people just have the it factor. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to say, oh, this guy's a future champ. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. But you know, he's very far away from that. It looks very promising. I'm not going to get too hyperbolic. But like, there's certain guys when they debut, you just kind of go. I don't know if you'll be champ, but you're going to be ranked in a, in a hurry, and you're going to be ranked pretty highly in a in, in a in a hurry. Like uh, Brendan Allen, when I first saw Brendan Allen fight, I'm like, okay, this is a guy who's going to be pretty up there in the rankings in, in not a lot of time. Um, and I, I kind of feel the same way with uh, Duplessis. I mean, his striking is very very crisp. Um, obviously, has power. Knocked knocked Marcus Perez fucking dead. Um, Interesting little Korean zombie upward elbow as I'm falling over trying to knock out Duplessis. Would have been interesting if he landed it. Um, he didn't, and he got knocked the fuck out. Um, so, you know, Marcus Perez is not a slouch. Um, you know, obviously not a ranked fighter, but he's, you know, he's been flip-flopping, you know, dubs and L's in the UFC for a little bit. So, uh, you know, Duplessis beat a UFC caliber fighter, which... Sounds obvious, but you know, listen. Some of these days, with some of these fighters in the UFC, I can't, you know, I can't exactly say you're beating fighters who are UFC caliber when when you look around the entire roster of the UFC. Um, but certainly here, you know, a great win, and I like what he had to say afterwards. You know, I want to be the first ever African champion, um, <coughs> which is interesting. I guess he's not wrong uh, when he says he wants to be the first UFC champion to to win the the belt in Africa. You know, uh, in Ganu. Uh, well, he hasn't he hasn't won the belt, but you know he's going to fight for the belt, and obviously he left Africa. Uh, Usman left Africa. I mean, and Adesanya left Africa as well. So I mean, technically they're the first African champions because they were born there, but uh, they definitely did not win the belt while fighting from Africa. So you know that's an interesting uh, you know thing to watch. Um, that's about all I have to say on on Duplessis. Uh, solid solid debut. Uh, moving on here, still on the main card, we had Tom Aspinall knock out Alan Badeau. Uh, I think Aspinall was something like a minus 650, minus 700 favorite. Uh, no surprise here. Um, you know, longest fight of his career, and it, and it, you know, still had 95 seconds left um, in in the first round. So, you know, th- this guy, I was very impressed with his uh, UFC debut, uh, which was back on the first time on Fight Island, uh, where he murdered Jake Collier. Uh, 45 minutes into, or 45 seconds into the first round. Um, again, Alan Badeau, I have no fucking idea who that guy is. I'm not going to go on about, wow, he beat this great guy, but, you know, you get another win in the UFC, and that's that's kind of what you need. Moving on here to the main card, we had a unanimous decision victory here for Ilya Topuria over Yusuf Zalal. Uh, the mailman's lock of the week fails again. The The mailman's lock of the week is fucking cursed. I thought I was good picking Zalal. He's 3-0 uh, in 2020 in the UFC, um, all by unanimous decisions, and uh, then he went out there and he fucking sucked. So, you know, the mailman picked wrong. Uh, you know, I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, we try. We try. We try to pick the lock of the week. Um, it's fucking hard. It's fucking really hard. I mean, I felt, I felt 
pretty solid about uh, Yusuf Salal, but um, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, but now, now that's interesting because whatever shine Zalal had, you know, with uh, the racking up the the victories in the UFC is kind of stolen by Tapuria, and um, you know, nine and zero. I think he's only twenty three, so um, I don't know a whole lot on him other than what everybody else already knows from watching the fight. So I'm not going to bore you with things like that. But you know, whenever you're in the UFC that young and, and you're getting wins, you know that that deserves um, you know to to have some eyeballs on you um, for that alone. Uh, moving on here uh, to the prelim headliner, we had a uh, first round knockout from Tom Brees on KB, KB Bilar. Um Really weird knockout. That was a knockout from a jab. Um, that does not look good. It did not look very hard. I'm sure it was very hard because uh, these are you know middleweights. They're big boys. But uh, but yeah, you know back into the win column for Tom Brees. Um, you know, and that's a fucking powerful jab. And, and, you know, you could tell the commentators were, are, are still very high on Brees talking about his potential as a future champion. I don't know if I'd go that far. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he is racking up these, these wins here, um, as he, as he looks to, to restart his, uh, career here. Uh, moving on here on the prelims, we had a knockout from Chris Dawkins on Rodrigo Nascimento. Um, solid knockout. Don't have a whole lot to say. Uh, very low-level heavyweight fighters. We'll see what they can do um, as they move forward in their UFC careers. But uh, you know, I, I don't have anything to say about Chris Dawkins. Good for him. You know, two UFC victories. But um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes when he faces higher opponents. Uh, moving on to the knockout of the year by far, uh, a KO from a jumping, spinning back kick by Joaquin Buckley on Impa Kasanganai. Uh, that is fucking ridiculous, and uh, it's it's just like it's just like you see in training, just like on the pads, and um, I was I, first of all I was very surprised hearing Buckley's reaction to this because it makes it all all the more impressive talking about how well he caught he caught my kick, and I felt the balance, and then you know I, I you know I, I kind of visualized this happening and then did it. Um, he threw a kick earlier in the fight that was caught by Kasanganai, and I think that might have helped him with, with the mental memory of, okay, if that happens next time, I'm going to do this. But that's that's crazy, because feeling like, well, he caught my kick, and I felt balanced to, to throw the kick. That's crazy, because it was he caught it for like a quarter of a second. So it's crazy that he felt the balance, you know, in that short, short of a, a time frame. But... You know, that's one of the greatest knockouts of all time. Kasangane was out like a light seconds before he hit the ground. Uh, you know, the delayed fallback. I mean, that's that's absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, that's, you know, I, I don't know. Because I, I saw a lot of people saying that's the greatest knockout of all time. And, and, you know, obviously then the discussion is, well, where does this rank all time? I don't know. I think I need to wait a little bit to say where it ranks. It's definitely... It is definitely not the greatest UFC knockout of all time. I can very safely say that. But is it top five? Is it top ten? Yeah, probably. I don't know. You know, I, I I just I think I need more time to digest it. For me, and you know, greatest knockouts is obviously subjective. I'm sure you know for some people it is. But for me, the greatest UFC knockout of all time is uh, Nganu on Overeem. Uh, he sent his fucking skull to the moon. Um, so for me, Nganu on Overeem, 
But I think after that, I, th- I think we then we can talk about it. I think we can talk about it. Um, I saw some people saying Ronda Rousey getting knocked out by Holly Holm. Absolutely not. That is, relevance-wise, that's one of the greatest knockouts of all time because it was in a championship fight and it ended her reign. But when it comes to, like, the actual knockout, I mean, I don't know. That's, it was definitely the best knockout of the night, maybe the net best knockout of the month, but definitely not an all-time knockout. Um... I don't know, you know, the, the, the Barboza kick on Terry Edom. I think I'd still put that ahead of, of um, Buckley's knockout of Kasanganai, but just just spitballing it. And, you know, maybe I will do uh, an episode on my, the mailman's greatest knockouts of all time, but I think how it stands right now for me, one, two, and three, Nganu on Overeem, Barboza on Edom, and then, fuck it, I'll, I'll go Buckley on Kasanganai. I think it was one of the greatest, but... You know, for, for it to be the greatest, I don't know. The, the, the stakes were not there. You know, the Nganu on Overeem was a number one contendership. How many knockouts by an uppercut do we see in the UFC? Probably probably quite a few. But, you know, how many do we see like that? We've never seen a knockout like that in the UFC. So, uh, I think that's what makes it a little more special. Uh, you know, this was on a prelims between two, you know, UFC newcomers, um, you know, over the course of the last couple of months. So, um, you know, it, it still was very good. And, you know, obviously, um, <laughs> this is really good news for Buckley because I think that was the most uh, liked or shared uh, tweet the UFC's ever had. I mean, people are going to know who the fuck this guy is. And you look at some of the fast risers, I mean, he's going to be up there with the Hamzat Chemaev. And, I, you know, I don't think he'll necessarily have the super quick ascent like Hamzat is, but, like, everybody knows Joaquin Buckley's name. I mean, even casuals are going to at least know that's the guy who did that. So, um, fuck, that's 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 really good for, for, for Buckley. I'll, I'll be very curious to see who they put him up against next. I'd have to figure they put him up against a name. Um, probably not a ranked name, but they have to put him up against somebody. You know what I mean? Because, like, I don't know. You, you really want to build on that. That was insane. And for Kasanganai... You know, we'll see how that goes for him. Obviously, that's a. There's not a lot of fighters who come back from knockouts like that. Uh, Michael Bisping did, but like, I don't think, I don't think anybody knows who Terry Adam is outside of UFC, you know, United Kingdom, hardcore fans. I don't think anybody knows who who uh, Terry Adam is. They just know he's the guy who got knocked out by Bar- Barboza. So, I, I don't know. You know, historically, people don't come back from knockouts like this, but. Uh, temperamentally, I think Kasanganai is, is is a guy who, you know, seems to block out the outside noise. And, you know, I, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. He had a hot start here in the UFC, and obviously that is going to de- derail things for a while. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if he lets that moment define him or, or not. Uh, moving on here, still on the prelims, Tony Kelly wins unanimous decision victory over Ali Al-Kaisi. Um not a very interesting fight. Clear-cut victory for Tony Kelly. I do like the fighting style of Ali Alkaisi, even though he's uh, 0-2. I'd like to see him back here in the UFC. Um, really, after the fight was the more interesting fight. You know, them pushing and 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 talking shit, and uh, Tony Kelly called him a pussy, I believe. Um, that was interesting. The fight, yeah, it was okay. It was okay. Uh, so, whatever. Good on Tony Kelly. Now he's 2-0. and Or no, actually, excuse me, he's 1-1. Uh, in the UFC, because I believe uh, he got worked by uh, Kai Kamaka the third, which is why I thought he'd lose this one to Al Kaisi. 
Um, but, you know, low-level bantamweight fight, but it was, it was a good one. Uh, moving on here, we had Giga Chikadze win a unanimous decision victory over Omar Morales. Uh, solid win for Chikadze. Uh, did not really watch this one, but, um, you know, like I said on the preview show, um, I, I'm very interested in Giga Chikadze. This this is a guy who's now on a six-fight winning streak, four of those fights in the UFC. Um, again, any fighter at bantamweight or featherweight's got to have a very, very, very uphill battle to get into the rankings, but if you keep winning, uh, it makes it undeniable, and, you know, Chikadze is going to be... We need to see a step up in competition for Chikadze, but he's pretty close to being ranked, I will say. I mean, if he... If he, I mean, obviously, obviously, if he beats a ranked opponent, then he's ranked. But like, man, if you're five and zero in the UFC, it's really hard to to you know, not have you be ranked. Um, now again, it's it's gonna be tough at, at featherweight, but um, you know he he's doing all the right things, and obviously, I think he was a K1 kickboxer, so his striking is just another fucking level. Um, you know, I, I think he'll do interesting things here in the UFC. Uh, moving on here, on still on the prelims, Tracy Cortez wins a unanimous decision over Stephanie Egger. Did not watch this fight. Solid win for uh, Tracy Cortez. Good for her. And uh, moving on here to the prelim opener, uh, unanimous decision victory for Tagir Ulanbekov over Bruno Silva in the flyweight division. Um, I do not watch flyweight fights, so I did not watch this one. But um, you know, 13 and one, that's a pretty gaudy record. We'll see what he can do, but. I'm not going to pay attention to him until uh, he gets uh, pretty high up in the rankings because I do not have a lot of interest in flyweight fights. They are generally boring. Um, so, yeah, that, that's pretty much it there. Um, you know, again, overall, um, it was an exciting card. Obviously, two highlight highlight reel knockouts, one of them one of the greatest of all time, uh, you know, with the uh, Joaquin Buckley knockout. But, um, you know, th- this was interesting. I think a lot of uh, young stars have, have brightened. Um, you know, and listen, I'm not one of these people who says like, oh, NFL superstar Sean Mannion, you know, because you'll see that like in, you know, in commercials or like in, in newspapers, they'll call anybody a star. Um, I'm not going to say anybody's a star on, on, on this outside of maybe Sandhagen, but like the, pre- the, the, the pre- prelude, prelude to a, to a star has, has brightened for some of these guys where you go. Oh, I think I see. I think I see a little shimmer, and you know we'll we'll see how that goes in the future. You know, I think I see a little shimmer with Tom Aspinall. We'll see how that goes. I think I think I, I see a little shimmer with Ilya Topuria. You know, I'm not quite ready to say, oh wow, these guys are stars because clearly they're not. They're on the fucking prelims. But um, you know, you just see a little a little glint, which is is interesting. Um, you know, and obviously Joaquin Buckley. I mean that's. You know, you pretty much got hit over the head with a fucking, you know, blood diamond on that one when you're looking for a, you know, you're looking for just a little glint and you get hit over the head with a fucking 40-pound rock, you know, with that type of highlight knockout. So, uh, obviously, Buckley, there's, you know, there's something brewing there. That one, that one's going to go on the Baba O'Reilly highlight tape. I I feel pretty fucking confident. I don't know how often they update those, but whenever they update it, uh, that will be on the the Baba O'Reilly update tape. Um, yeah, so with that, we'll wrap it up here. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN, North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN, uh, the mailman at Owen the Mailman. Uh, you got to check out uh, our website, NorthStarSports.media, uh, for our uh, updated UFC rankings. We got the main card showdown on there. We got our picks. 
Um, you know, and uh, listen, uh, you know, again, I'm very excited for the uh, October Grand Prix. That's, you know, it's going to be historic. It's legendary. You, you never see anybody doing stuff like this, you know, but, but North Star Sports is just on the 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 front edge of innovation. That's that's what I always say. That's what that's what the new that's what the new slogan's gonna be. It's no longer the hottest sports takes in the business. It's it's gonna be, you know, on the front of innovation because, you know, that that's what we do here at North Star Sports. We we innovate. We innovate the radio game. You know, we're making Marconi blush from his grave. You know what I mean? We're 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 just doing a lot of stuff here. So um, once again, I'll end the recap here. Thanks for tuning in everybody.